Welcome back to the Helio Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle. I wasn't sure if this week's episode was going to happen because I've been in bed this past week with COVID, but I'm feeling relatively better today. So I apologize if this episode I feel or I sound a little congested or winded. That is why. But today I wanted to dive into heavy bleeding during your period. Women who struggle with heavy periods often do so in silence because they either are too embarrassed to talk about it or they think it's normal and just kind of like how their periods are and what they have to deal with. But heavy periods are often a sign of something deeper going on and absolutely can be improved. So in this episode, we'll be discussing what is actually heavy bleeding versus normal bleeding because, you know, your heavy may not be what your sister or your friend or your neighbor considers heavy. We'll also cover common causes of heavy bleeding. And then at the end, we'll go over just like general tips for feeling better during your period with heavy bleeding. So before we get into that, I want to remind you that applications are now open for my new program, the PCOS Pregnancy Protocol, launching this summer. This is a six-week program to help women heal the root cause of their PCOS so they can get pregnant naturally. This is really for anyone who is actively trying to conceive or planning to start to try to conceive in the next 12 months with PCOS. And applying does not mean you are committing to the program, but an application is required as I'm going to be keeping this first group really small so I can customize the program as we move through it. And then the link for the application will be in the show notes as well as in the bio on my Instagram at Dr. Danielle period ND. So make sure you get it in if you're interested in that. So what exactly is considered heavy bleeding? During your entire period, normal bleeding is about 25 to 80 milliliters. And you may be thinking like, how the heck am I supposed to know how much I'm actually bleeding? One soaked regular pad or tampon is about five milliliters. And if you use a menstrual cup, that's about 20 milliliters. So I know it can be hard because maybe you're not necessarily waiting until you're soaking a tampon or a pad to change it, but you can start to kind of guess how often you are changing it. And then if you are soaking tampons really often, you can start to kind of add that up and see if you're bleeding more than 80 milliliters over the entire course of your period. And that would indicate that you do have true heavy bleeding. Also, bleeding longer than seven days may indicate heavy bleeding as well. Now, this doesn't necessarily include spotting. So say if you bleed for five or six days, and then you spot for two or three, that wouldn't necessarily be considered heavy bleeding. But if you're having a true bleed for more than seven days, then that can indicate a lot of blood loss over that period. A nice kind of rule of thumb I usually ask my clients is if you're changing your tampon or pad more than every two hours because you have to, because you're soaking through it, that's usually a good indicator of heavy bleeding. And then also passing clots larger than the size of a quarter can indicate heavy bleeding as well. So I had posted a question box on Instagram and somebody had sent in, you know, is blood clotting indicative? And then passing clots larger than the size of a quarter can indicate heavy bleeding and potentially an underlying cause driving that clotting issue as well. 
clots smaller than a quarter can be normal, kind of a normal process of our period, but those really large clots can be a sign of something else. So other signs that we might see with heavy bleeding, definitely fatigue. So if we're losing a lot of blood, we're losing iron through our blood, then you're going to be more exhausted during your period than somebody who has a lighter bleed. Also, we may see cramping. So heavy bleeding and cramping often go hand in hand, and this is usually related to endometriosis, which we'll talk about in a second. Also, with the iron loss, if you start to become anemic, so low iron throughout your entire cycle because of the blood loss you experience during your period, you may notice that you are a little bit more pale. Maybe you have easy bruising, bleeding gums, and even brittle nails. And even anxiety and shortness of breath can be a sign of low iron. So if you struggle with heavy bleeding, I definitely recommend having your iron and your ferritin levels checked. And your ferritin is your body's storage form of iron. This is a test that your primary care or your gynecologist can order for you. So common causes of heavy bleeding, that first, like I already mentioned, is going to be endometriosis. And this is when the tissue that is lining the uterus, the endometrial tissue, grows outside of the uterus and other areas of the body. So it might grow and attach itself to the intestines, which might cause some pain with bowel movements. It can attach itself to the bladder, which may cause pain with urination. You may also experience pelvic pain not during your period or potentially pelvic pain during sex. So really pain is the number one symptom of endometriosis, but heavy bleeding is number two. And endometriosis typically runs in families. So if you have a mom or an aunt or a sister with endometriosis, you have a higher risk of having it yourself. Of course, you know, getting this small surgery done isn't ideal. And many women will choose to go through treatment for endometriosis without really confirming the diagnosis because, you know, really at the end of the day, does it quite matter if you have the diagnosis, not so much. I mean, there's no medication that is going to completely resolve your endo. And when I work on endometriosis with patients, we really focus on reducing estrogen levels, reducing inflammation, and then supporting the immune system. Now, conventionally, the treatment for endometriosis is surgery to essentially remove the tissue that has grown outside of the uterus. And sometimes that is needed depending on how severe and progressed the endometriosis is. I have a whole episode on endometriosis. Um, I believe it's episode 11. So if you struggle with heavy periods and really painful periods, I would go back and listen to that and potentially talk to your gynecologist about what it would mean if you have endometriosis and how they may be able to help you. And of course, PCOS can also have heavy periods. I had put up a question box on Instagram and you had sent in a few of your questions and I got a few questions asking, what's the connection between heavy periods and PCOS? So there's a few ways. So if you're going long times between periods, so if you're going months between periods, then what's happening during that time is the lining of the uterus, endometrial tissue, is building up and building up and building up. Now, normally during our period, we would release and break down that tissue. So if you're not ovulating and you're not triggering a period, then that tissue is going to continue to build and build and build. That means eventually when you do get your period, 
you're going to have a lot of tissue that's breaking down and that's going to lead to heavier bleeding. Also with PCOS, because we typically see high testosterone, testosterone can actually be converted into estrogen in the body. So if we have high testosterone, we're going to have a more available, which can lead to higher estrogen levels. This estrogen is going to increase that buildup of the lining of the uterus and can increase bleeding as well. So when it comes to healing heavy periods with PCOS, not only are you going to be looking at how can you reduce testosterone levels. So, you know, if you have blood sugar imbalance that is driving the high testosterone, blood sugar balance is going to be your focus. If your testosterone is mostly being made related to stress, then stress management is going to be your focus. Also looking at how can you support your body's ability to ovulate because once you can start ovulating and you can start having a regular period, you may find that your periods aren't quite as heavy because you're having them more often. So number one way I like to support ovulation in my PCOS patients is through ovocetol, which is a supplement. It's like a B vitamin-like substance. And Ovocetol is the specific brand itself. It's made out of myonositol and dechironositol. So you may already be on inositol. I prefer Ovocetol because it is a combination of the two different inositols in the exact same ratio that's found in the human body. And research has found this to be most effective when supporting ovulation and regulating cycles with women with PCOS. Another potential cause of really heavy bleeding is low thyroid function. And this is because thyroid hormones are needed for liver function. So if our thyroid is not functioning well, our liver is going to slow down as well. And as a result, estrogen is not going to be broken down as efficiently. This high estrogen can then lead to heavier bleeding because remember, it's that estrogen that triggers the growth of the lining of the uterus. So more estrogen means more growth of that tissue, more tissues being broken down, leading to more bleeding during our period. And on the flip side of that, high estrogen can actually block thyroid hormone from being used. So it's kind of this cycle of low thyroid function leading to higher estrogen levels, higher estrogen levels blocking thyroid hormone, and it's a cycle. Other signs of low thyroid function, kind of similar to PCOS, so things like weight gain, fatigue, constipation, hair loss. And this is something that your primary care or your gynecologist can test you for. So they typically will test a hormone called thyroid stimulating hormone, TSH. And ideally you want this between one to two. Now a lower is better. I'd rather see somebody with a TSH of 0.7 than say 2.7. So if you are not in that perfect one to two range, it's not you know, a huge deal, just kind of look at like where you are in the grand grand scheme of things, how you're feeling. If you're at a 0.8 and you're feeling great, then maybe thyroid isn't necessarily the cause of your heavy periods and you should look at some other potential causes. I have an episode that's all about low thyroid function, specifically Hashimoto's, which is the most common cause of low thyroid function. That's an autoimmune condition that attacks your thyroid. I believe that is episode seven. So if you want to learn more about the thyroid and how that may be causing your heavy periods, go back to that episode. And then something that I haven't talked a ton about on the podcast yet are polyps and fibroids. So these are benign masses of tissue that grow in the uterus. And by benign, I mean non-cancerous. So the difference between polyps and fibroids, 
polyps are made up of endometrial tissues, that tissue lining the uterus, while fibroids are made up of muscle and connective tissue. And these essentially can stimulate the growth of blood vessels. So it can lead to more blood flow in that area and therefore more blood loss during your period. They can also cause clots because these masses can interfere with the uterus's ability to contract during your period. So if the uterus isn't contracting efficiently, then the blood that is being shed may not be cleared as quickly and it may start to clot and coagulate. Polyps and fibroids can also increase prostaglandins. So prostaglandins are compounds made by our immune system to help our uterus contract during our period. And prostaglandins actually control inflammation and bleeding. So as prostaglandins increase, they can cause vasodilation. So our blood vessels get larger. Um, and then this causes more bleeding and can also inhibit clotting. Some other signs of polyps or fibroids can be like abdominal distension, so feeling really bloated or pain. And this will typically be seen on an ultrasound by your gynecologist. So another is going to be a bleeding disorder called von Willebrand's. So this is a genetic disorder that results in blood not clotting appropriately. And this tends to run in families. So if you're not clotting very well, you may find that you bleed more during your period. You may also find that you get frequent nosebleeds or bleeding gums, or maybe it's just harder for you, like if you get injured or if you get a cut, it's harder for you to stop the bleeding than somebody else. So this you can actually get a blood test for and see if you have the genetic mutation that is causing the Von Willebrands. And the treatment for this is actually a medication called Desopressin. So if you're somebody and you're thinking, oh yeah, like as a teen in my 20s, as a kid, I always had nosebleeds. Now I have heavy bleeding. You know, maybe you feel great otherwise besides the heavy bleeding and then probably some fatigue during your period. I would maybe ask your family members if they experience similar symptoms and then potentially talk to your primary care doctor about getting tested for this. And then with IUDs, the Paragard copper IUD can increase blood loss by up to 50%. And we can also see an increase in prostaglandins with the copper IUD as well. So typically the copper IUD is not recommended for women who already have heavy periods. I had the copper IUD at one point because I had really easy periods for a while. And I thought, you know, I could definitely take, you know, I can take a little bit worse periods. I'll be fine. And then I got the copper IUD and I hated it. I thought it was horrible. It was extremely painful, so much blood loss. I couldn't believe like the drastic change. And granted, I only lasted about six months with it before I got rid of it. Um, but that was just my experience. And then the last thing that I think is important to mention, but I also don't want to scare you, but endometrial cancer can present as heavy bleeding. So with endometrial cancer, this is cancer of the lining of the uterus of the endometrial tissue. And other signs of endometrial cancer can be generic signs of cancer, so things like weight loss, unintentional weight loss, low appetite, and fatigue. 
So endometrial cancer is something that women at with PCOS are at risk for. And that is why I recommend not going more than three months without having a bleed. So this means if you have PCOS and you go three months without having a period, you'll want to go to your gynecologist and ask for something like a progestin prescription, which is a progesterone prescription that is going to help to trigger your period and release that tissue. And that's going to be a way to protect yourself from getting endometrial cancer. Now, when I work with my PCOS patients, I typically don't recommend taking progestin monthly because I do like to give them time to get a period on their own. It's our way of kind of measuring their progress and seeing how the treatment plan is working for them. But when they do hit that three-month mark, then it is important to have a bleed. So if you're listening to this and you've gone more than three months without having a bleed and you're not on birth control or some other medication that would prevent you from having a bleed, I would definitely talk to your gynecologist about whatever medication they recommend for triggering your period. All right. And then to finish up, I just want to touch on some remedies that I have found to be helpful with my patients when it comes to, you know, if you're working on addressing the root cause of your heavy periods, that's going to take time. It's not going to be immediate relief. So some things that you can do now to either make your periods less painful, a little bit easier to get through, and also just generally working on reducing inflammation and improving estrogen levels. So the first is going to be a natural anti-inflammatory, and that is turmeric. So turmeric is really great to help reduce pain during your period, and this is something I'll typically recommend taking daily throughout your entire cycle. So some things with your period you'll take while you're on your period, you know, some you take the week before, but turmeric is really helpful throughout the entire month to keep inflammation low. And typically getting turmeric through your diet isn't going to be enough if you are experiencing heavy painful periods. Now, one thing I will say about turmeric is I do not recommend turmeric in pregnancy because it can cause some contractions and we don't want to be causing the uterus to contract prematurely because that can lead to miscarriage early on. So make sure that if you are taking turmeric and then if you do become pregnant, you stop taking it. Another herb I really love is cinnamon tea. So cinnamon tea helps to reduce inflammation and helps to reduce blood flow to the uterus. So it can help to reduce bleeding. Um, I have some colleagues who will even like if they get a cut on their skin, they'll put cinnamon right on it to stop the bleeding right then and there. So drinking cinnamon tea daily or at least, you know, maybe a week before your period, the week of your period can be helpful. Also, and don't hate me for saying this, but reducing cow's dairy because cow's dairy can be inflammatory. So if you're struggling with heavy periods, heavy painful periods, especially if you have acne around your period, it may be worth just doing a trial without cow's dairy. I typically recommend going about eight weeks without cow's dairy to really assess how it's going to impact your periods. Now, that doesn't mean you necessarily have to give up all dairy entirely. Some people can tolerate sheep and goat dairy better than cow's dairy. So that might be an option for you to switch to sheep and goat. If you don't notice a huge difference, maybe doing a month with no dairy and seeing how your period responds. And then sticking to kind of the diet aspect, flax seeds are really helpful for binding up 
extra estrogen in the body. Flax seeds, you can either find them in the store as whole seeds or ground seeds. You want to make sure you're consuming them ground. So either buy them ground or if you buy them whole, you can just put them in the coffee grinder, grind them up, and then store them in the fridge. So I usually recommend having two tablespoons of ground flax seeds daily, at least for the first two weeks of your cycle. You can take these throughout your entire cycle as well, but those first two weeks, meaning the day you get your period and then two weeks after are going to be the most important time period um, to be consuming flax seeds. But then I also recommend keeping flax seeds in the fridge or freezer because once they're ground, those oils are going to be exposed. And if they're in like a warm cupboard, they're going to go rancid more quickly. If you find that the two tablespoons right off the bat is a little bit too much for your digestion, if it either causes really loose stools, like things are moving through you too quickly, or maybe it has the opposite effect where it constipates you a little bit because it's so much fiber at once, start with one tablespoon for a few weeks and then increase to two. And then of course, you know, if you're losing a lot of blood, you're going to be losing iron. So if you are finding that you are iron deficient, then taking an iron supplement either just during your period or throughout your entire cycle may be necessary. And that's something I would talk to your primary care or your gynecologist about. If your levels are super low, then you'll want to take it throughout your entire cycle. If not, you may just want to take it during your period to maintain your levels. And I usually recommend taking a vitamin C supplement with your iron supplement as vitamin C can help increase absorption of iron. Iron is just a really hard mineral to absorb in general. And then lastly, supporting the liver during your period is going to be really important. So avoiding alcohol one week before your period and during your period can majorly help improve heavy periods and painful periods and even PMS symptoms. And then eating liver-loving foods. So think like leafy greens, garlic, lemon, fatty fish, beets, foods like that. Again, one week before to kind of support your body in preparation for your period and then the week of. So that is all I have for you today. I hope that was helpful. Just kind of plant some ideas as far as what potentially is the cause of your heavy bleeding. So you can have some conversations with your doctor, you know, maybe, maybe not one specific thing stood out to you, but maybe you can say, okay, well, I don't think it's thyroid and I don't think it's endometriosis. You know, I don't have the pain and I've had my thyroid checked. Okay, great. Well, what's next? Maybe you have an ultrasound done to rule out polyps or fibroids. Maybe you ask them about testing for PCOS. So it's not that you know you need to have an exact clear answer right now, but just start to kind of rule things out and know that really heavy bleeding and heavy painful bleeding is not normal and that you do not have to you know, think about we're getting our period for one week of the month every year, ideally, you know, so that's 12 weeks a year. You shouldn't be out of commission. You shouldn't be bed bound. You shouldn't be having to change your social plans around your period because you're worried about bleeding through your pants when you're out at brunch with your girlfriends, or, you know, you can't wear a bathing suit because you're afraid of bleeding through or whatever it is, or in so much pain where you can't go to work. Just realizing that even if that is what you've experienced as your period, your entire life, you know, since a teenager or most of your adult life, you don't have to continue experiencing that. And there are ways to feel your best while on your period and, you know, not have it be a big deal each month. Thank you for listening. I am sorry if this was like, I feel like I'm like in this cloud of like, brain foggy COVIDness. So I hope this all made sense. But if you have any questions, shoot me a DM at Dr. Danielle period ND. 
and I will see you next week.